This is Novel Marketing, the show that gives you innovative ideas on how to sell more books. With your hosts, agent, author, and marketing maven, Thomas Umstead Jr. And best-selling, award-winning author and marketing guru, James L. Rubart. Episode 178. I'm James L. Rubart, but you can call me Jim. I'm Thomas Umstead Jr. And in this episode, we're going to talk to you guys about three simple steps that you can take to start getting speaking gigs and then, of course, use those speaking gigs to sell more books. But Thomas, I, I'm confused. You, I, More people are scared of death than public speaking. So, uh, well, you know, we have a very small percentage of our audience that wants to hear this episode. Or am I wrong? Correct me, my friend. <laughs> so sometimes if you want to do to accomplish what you want to accomplish in life, you have to do things or learn skills that are scary. And this is one of the things that we do as adults. We don't let fear guide us. We conquer our fears. So you're talking about our 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 audience taking risks here, pushing themselves, stretching themselves. <laughs> That's exactly right. I love it. And being courageous, right? Doing something even when you're afraid. You know, I've spoken hundreds of times, maybe thousands of times at this point, and I still get afraid from time to time. And I will say that my best performances on stage are when I'm a little bit afraid because that fear gives me energy, right? It's about getting the butterflies in your stomach to fly in formation. And when I'm not afraid at all, it's really easy to mail it in. And so a lot of uh, beginning speakers feel like, oh, if I could just get rid of my fear of public speaking, then I could be a good speaker. It's like, well, no, 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 no. You do not want to do that. That is the old analogy that I always use is if there's no tension on those guitar strings, it is not going to make any music. And so you do need those tension, that tension when you go into talks. And so for those of you who are going, wow, I'm not a speaker. I really don't want to do that. Let Thomas and I encourage you right now and say, you will be scared speaking and you will be scared the 2000th time you speak. Thomas, every time I speak, I still, I've been doing this for years and I'm still scared a little bit. So good point. So any of you that are wanting to check out right now, don't. We think this is going to help you as well. And if you're still not convinced, we have nine reasons why you should try public speaking. We're going to go through very briefly. So the first reason is it helps you sell more books. Uh, speakers sell books at the back of the room. The second reason is that they're higher margins. So the books you sell at the back of the room are full for are for, for full price. Uh, so almost no other context. You sell a book at full price and get all of that money as the author. But whether you're traditionally uh, published or independently published, selling at full price in the back of the room after giving a talk is very valuable. The other thing it does is it changes hearts and minds. It changes the way people feel about you because, yes, they can get to know you a little bit in a book, but when they see you, and good speaking is vulnerability, when they see who you truly are and see your passion come out through words and your mannerisms and your pacing and tone of voice, they really get to know you. And that makes uh, you endure your, endear yourself to them even more. It also creates a loyal following. Your most passionate followers are going to be the people who heard you speak and you had a good, powerful connection with them. And I will say as a literary agent, it attracts publishers and agents. If I get a proposal from somebody and they're like, here are the 20 places I spoke last year. Here are the 20 places I'm scheduled to speak next year. I really sit up and pay attention uh, to that proposal uh, because it 
tells me a lot of things about that author and that author has uh, potential for the future. Another thing it does is it builds and establishes your authority. If you're up there speaking on your topic, certainly nonfiction, but fiction as well. If you're up there speaking, people look at you and say, oh my gosh, they do know what they're talking about. They're more than just stories or they're more than just the book. And it, it, so it, it increases and establishes that authority. The other thing is it hones and refines your messages. When I'm speaking on a topic, and I like to speak on the themes of my book, not my, I don't tell the story when I go up and speak, but my themes that are in my books are the themes of my nonfiction talks. And as I'm speaking, you've probably had this happen to you, Thomas, where you're speaking, you go, oh my gosh, I just got an insight that I didn't have before by speaking it out and seeing reaction from the crowd. You can end up, um, making your messages more refined, more laser focused and communicated in a more powerful way. There is a talk that I gave on Saturday that I have been giving various versions of this talk for 15 years. And for the last 15 years, I've been refining this talk and making it better and making it better. And I had two pieces of feedback from the audience that uh, in fact, one of the uh, people who gave me feedback is actually a listener to this show, Zach Russell, uh, gave me a feedback that I literally stopped the presentation and edited the slide and incorporated it immediately into the talk. And it's like a significantly better talk now after 15 years. Like it, it just it keeps getting better and keeps getting better. And the performance of it live is what helps make it better. And I was actually it's a talk on blogging that's going to go into a course on blogging. Uh, and I'm now even more excited about it than I've ever been uh, before. Uh, but uh, finally, real quickly, public speaking is easier than it looks. Uh, pretty much everyone who gives a speech is nervous, and yet they don't look nervous. Most people don't look nervous when they speak. And if you're nervous speaking, you're not looking nervous to the audience either. It's a uh, shocking phenomenon that uh, nerves are an internal state, and they don't generally affect your external state, especially in a way that somebody can notice from 10 feet away. And um, the other thing is that uh, in this like digital world, this is the final reason, the digital world that we live in, people crave human connection more than ever before. Like it's more, I feel like it's more powerful speaking in person than it ever was before because of how rare it's become, right? People are so isolated behind their screens that when somebody will actually talk to them in person at an event, uh, suddenly that can build a bond that will last for dozens of book sales into the future. All right, Thomas, we have convinced them. We have convinced our friends here that they need to speak. What's, what's the first step? Let's talk about step one. All right. Yeah, we've either convinced you or you've turned off the episodes. Or you're gone. <laughs> For those of you left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here's our threes. And it, you know what I will say? If, this, if you're terrified and conquering your fears here is too hard, you can be a successful author without public speaking. If you're a novelist and you're just like, oh, this is too exhausting to find topics that will work for my book. That's okay. You, not every technique is useful for every author, but I will say this one really is useful and it's very powerful. All right. So with that out of the way, step one is create a starter kit PDF. So you're going to be using this PDF to introduce yourself to event hosts, event coordinators, people who are looking for speakers. There are people in this world like Rotary Club presidents who have to find a speaker every single week. And so all they need is a halfway decent presentation of who you are and what you have to speak about. And suddenly they will be like, yes, please. And thank you. I would love 
to book you to speak. Uh, so what do you include? You include a headshot. You include a one paragraph bio of who you are. You include some uh, titles of your talks. Uh, you know, So you want to have planned this out ahead of time, what you talk about. You don't have to have like written out the speech or put together all the slides, but you need to have you know two or three talks at least that you're ready to speak about uh, with little blurbs. And, and this is very important, your contact information. And as our bonus for this episode, if you go to novelmarketing.com forward slash 178, I will have my speaker packet, my starter kit that you can download and look at uh, as a like example of how to do it. And um, if you want to see this done, that will be our bonus uh, for today's episode. So that's step one, create a starter kit. And just the act of putting this together is going to help you feel more confident about getting gigs. And again, you probably want three talks minimum on there that people can choose from. If you have one topic, then a coordinator or an event planner is going to go, oh, wow, they, they must be a beginner. They only have one topic that they can talk about. So get three down. And like Thomas says, you don't have to have every talk mapped out entirely, but have at least three that you feel confident and f- would feel good about speaking about. All right. Step two is to start talking to groups, start reaching out to groups and make contact with those groups. Uh, so Jim, how do you make first contact with a group to uh, have them bring you in to speak? Three ways if you want to contact a group. Um, Number one, talk to your friends. Number two, talk to your friends. Number three, talk to your friends. Um, I've seen authors who want to start a speaking career and they doll up these really nice postcards and they mail them out all over the place and they've just spent a bunch of money for nothing. Usually, a event coordinator, unless they're incredibly desperate, they don't know who you are and they're not going to book you based on a postcard. Speaking often comes down to who do you know? Can I get an introduction? And so the way I started my speaking career is I talked to a friend and I talked to another friend. I said, do you know of any places I could speak? And that's really how it often starts is at that grassroots level. And you would be surprised, I think, and how many of your friends could go, oh, I didn't know you were into speaking. Oh, I can talk to this person or this person or this person. Now, don't make the assumption that the first couple friends you're going to talk to know somebody. Sometimes it takes a little persistence to do it. But I guarantee you that you know you have a friend that knows somebody that can introduce, at least give you an introduction. And, and so that would be my advice to get the ball rolling is talk to your friends. Thomas? So my approach is a little bit different. While I completely agree with friends, and that's where I get gigs now, that is not how I got my first gigs, at least not in the writing world. My first gigs actually came from being ready to speak at a moment's notice. Actually, my very first gigs came from just creating my own events. Like I would, uh, I started a meetup group myself, and I had like four authors that came and I would do a presentation to those four authors, sometimes in somebody's living room. I, my career started very gloriously, let me tell you. <laughs> four authors <laughs> gathered around a laptop. Living room speaker. <laughs> uh, yeah, in li- living rooms. I was a, uh, a sought-after living room speaker uh, in Bell County, Texas <laughs> in my early days. Um, but the big talks, that my first big talks came when I was ready to speak at a moment's notice. So I went to a writer's conference called Mount Herman, and they have these night owl sessions that even attendees can present. 
Uh, but I didn't know about it till I arrived. And they're like, yeah, we need submissions by tonight for uh, to do a night owl session. I presented a topic for a night owl session. I ended up having standing room only at the night owl session. And the response was so good that they invited me back as faculty, having never knew who I was before that. Um, I was at uh, South by Southwest, which is a big conference here in Austin, Texas. And one of the sessions I was at, the speaker didn't show up <laughs> because people drink a lot of alcohol at South by Southwest. And apparently this is like a common problem of speakers no showing. And they have a protocol where they ask if anyone in the audience would like to present on that topic um, to sub in for the presenter. And I raised my hand and I led a discussion on the topic spur of the moment. And that was my time to speak at South by Southwest as a emergency impromptu substitute uh, speaker. And very often conferences will have um, speakers who have, you know, flight delays or family emergencies or got in a car wreck on the way to the airport. And that s- slot is empty. And if you're ready at the moment's notice to present, that slot can be your slot. And that's how you can start getting some of your first uh, gigs. So um, reach out to your friends, but also be prepared to speak at a moment's notice. And again, that fear thing, don't let fear rule your life. If you will be courageous, if you will do something despite being afraid, uh, you'd be uh, surprised how far that can get you. And, you know, was I afraid to speak at South by Southwest? Absolutely. <laughs> it was very intimidating, <laughs> but it was really fun. And it was great because everyone was on Twitter and they're tweeting quotes. And it, I ended up really enjoying it. It was a great experience. And to piggyback just for a second on Thomas's courage thing and be willing to step into your fear. My first, I I would say, my first paid speaking gig, I was 22 years old and I went through this program called Sales Training Institute in the Seattle area. And it was, I'd gotten into radio sales. And so they sent me through this program. It's like, thanks. So the station pays for me to go through Sales Training Institute. Well, I I did well uh, in, in the course and the, uh, the people who owned Sales Training Institute noticed that. And when I was through with the course, they said, wow, Jim, uh, you seem to have really grasped the concepts here. How would you like to be one of our teachers? Now, keep in mind, I'd been selling for, oh, I guess four months at that point. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, I, I felt so wet behind the ears. I was, you know, I, I, I just, I was in over my head. But they said, would you like to teach the course? And after I got over my panic, I said, yes, I would love to teach the course. And so I ended up teaching the course. I ended up teaching the course to King 5 Television, which is the NBC affiliate in Seattle. And again, at that point, I'd been selling, by the time I was teaching King 5, how to sell, I'd been selling myself for six months. But I have to tell you, the confidence that I got stepping into that role was invaluable. And I realized at a very young age, I guess I was 23 by that time, if you know your material, and if you're willing to take the risk, it can have huge rewards. So you might say, oh, I'm not ready for that. Well, why not? Why not give it a shot? That's right. Another thing uh, that will help as you're reaching out to groups, do research of groups uh, to reach out to on the web and just kind of look, start local, right? It's always easier to speak locally than it is to have somebody fly you across the country. And, um, Finally, record yourself. <laughs> so I will say somebody who runs meetup groups, I still run meetup groups uh, to this day on meetup.com. Uh, I never book a speaker that I don't have a recording of. Uh, that's my personal policy because I want to know that they're a good speaker. And so that for the first times you speak, make sure you bring along a voice recorder, even if it's just your smartphone, 
and a microphone plugged into it and get yourself recorded. It's also a way of becoming a better speaker <laughs> because listen to yourself. Uh, if I could give one piece of advice on how to become a better speaker, it is record yourself and listen to yourself because you know what a good speech is and that just that one thing will make a big difference. Uh, the third step is to embrace speaking for... Jim, this isn't right. Embrace speaking for free. What? I thought we wanted to make money doing this. Free? Why would we speak for free, Thomas? <laughs> so speaking... For, well, first off, if you have a book out already, speaking for free actually can lead to immediate sales in the back of the room. People want to buy an autographed copy. But more fundamentally, speaking for free is what helps you become a better speaker and helps you develop that confidence. So I had been speaking for free various places a long time before I started speaking at these conferences for money. In fact, I think for years I was speaking for free doing various things. I had a goal for a while to speak six times every month somewhere, even if it was in somebody's living room about author websites or something really simple. And uh, at meetup groups, somebody at church asked me if I would do the announcements. And I was just like, sighed, looked at my list, and be like, yep, I need three more speaking gigs this month. Okay, <laughs> I'll do the announcements at church. And you know, whatever I could do to get in front of an audience just to build that confidence and to get that practice. And after hundreds of times of doing that, I will say last year I was invited to speak in Hawaii. I was able to take my wife and daughter to a speaking event in Hawaii that came from somebody hearing me speak in a uh, workshop. And they were like, hey, you know, would you be interested in, you know, speaking at my conference in Hawaii? And I was like, let me think about that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> For two seconds. <laughs> like a really <laughs> had a scratch my head, a real head scratcher there. And they're like, we can't pay you very well, but we can fly you to Hawaii. And I'm like, I think I can, I think I can make that work. And, um, and then uh, soon I'm, I'm scheduled to speak in Switzerland. Uh, so I'm going to be taking my family uh, to Switzerland to speak in, in uh, the Swiss uh, countryside. I'm not sure if it's the Swiss Alps or not. I'll, I'll bring you back word. Uh, <laughs> I'm not that familiar with Swiss geography. Uh, but um, and, and that led from somebody hearing me speak. So the another like the primary source of gigs for speakers is somebody having heard you speak somewhere before. And this is how you get the word out as, as you as a speaker. So how do you do that? Uh, you speak for free. <laughs> I had a, a client, one of my agency clients, asking me, and I'm like, I was invited to speak, but they're not going to pay me and they're not letting me have a book table for my books. Should I speak? And I was like, yeah, like it's in your hometown. It's to a lot of people. This is a great opportunity for you to develop your material, to develop as a speaker. Why wouldn't you want to speak for free? And just because you can't have a book table doesn't mean you can't still sell books out of the you know trunk of your car, <laughs> shadow, you know, black market books in the parking lot of the of the event. Uh, so, Jim, what are some examples of uh, places where people can speak for free? Well, the one thing I would say, since you are an author. And you want to start small, start really small and feel great about that and go to your local library and say, hey, I'm an author. I've got this book out. I would love to do a speaking gig at the library. And the library would go, great, we'd love to have you and we'll put up flyers and this kind of thing. And you get to your speaking gig and it's two people. Wonderful. Now you get to practice on two people. And you get to refine it. And as Thomas said, you're going to record that and you're going to go back and you're going to look at it. And then you're going to do another speaking gig at the library. And that's maybe going to be four people. So if you're looking for just a really practical, very small starting point, use your local library. Uh, another is Rotary Clubs. Jim, I don't know if you've spoken at any Rotary Clubs, but uh, my grandmother, my grandparents, uh, my grandfather's passed away now, but my grandparents were big Rotarians. 
and uh, they introduced me to Rotary. And Rotary is um, a gathering of philanthropic, often elderly, wealthy people who like donating money to the poor. And they gather every week and they have a speaker talk to them about something. And the topics are super broad. Um, So I gave a talk once on social media. I've heard people talk about like environmental things or like a trip to another country. We had a local journalist who covered uh, the the University of Texas Longhorns uh, come and talk about the Longhorn football team and what how they were going to do this year and his expectations for the season, like all kinds of topics. Novelists will come, authors will come. And you know, if you're a Rotary president, that's 52 speakers you have to find every year. And most cities will have, uh, if, if they're of any size, multiple Rotary clubs. We have Rotary of West Austin. We have Downtown Rotary. We have North Austin Rotary. Like, there are a lot of Rotary clubs out there. <laughs> and if you're in a small town, this is almost a freebie because a small town Rotary club is often desperate for speakers um, to come in and, you know, you get paid a lunch, like it's actual food. (laughs) It's not money, but you get to come. You don't have to be a member of Rotary to speak at Rotary. Um, and there's a lot of other, uh, organizations like Rotary that I'm personally not as familiar with. Uh, Kiwanis is one. And I think something like American Legion is another, Uh, there's a lot of those kind of civic organizations. They still exist. They're still popular. Eagles groups, they're, they're still, they're still around. And, and even you can do something like I have MOPS, Mothers of Preschoolers. I think that's what it stands for. Um, so I've spoken three times at MOPS groups and it's like, well, you're a guy. Don't they usually have women come in there? Um, but actually I came in and spoke from a guy's perspective. So you don't even have to limit yourself to, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm not a woman, so I can't speak to a woman's group or I'm a man. So uh, I'm a woman, so I can't speak to men's groups. They are looking for good speakers. And again, if you're speaking for free and you can give them a concise topic, oh my gosh, they're going to welcome you. Another example that you can speak at is networking groups. Um, some of you are probably part of a networking group where once a month you get together and you have lunch and you trade leads with each other. Oh, you're looking for a videographer. Great. I can recommend you here or I do this and that. They're always looking for speakers as well. And sometimes they just need somebody to come in and speak for 10, 15 minutes. So it's a short snippet. It's a great way to practice. And in networking groups in particular, if they like you, you're, you are talking to people that are pro networking so they could introduce you to other places where you could speak. There was a networking group here in Austin that was really expensive to join and I couldn't afford to join it. But if you spoke there, the perk of speaking there is that you got a one month membership or sorry, one year membership to the networking group. So this fancy networking group in downtown Austin, the Metropolitan Breakfast Club, I was a member of for a year. You know, when my membership expired, there's no way I could renew it. I, was, I don't have that kind of money. I was going to say at 11, at 11 months where you're going, hey, I've got another topic I want to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I, I should have. Um, but it ended up, uh, I still know people from that networking group that I was a part of years years ago. Um, And then uh, meetup.com. Start your own meetup group. There's been a lot of discussion, uh, people on the Facebook group being like, oh, no one has started a meetup group in my area about writing. It's like every writer wants somebody else to start a writer's group (laughs) because writers are often very quiet people. And so be the leader that you want to see in the world. Start the meetup group yourself. Um, You don't have to run it forever. I've heard a lot of meetup groups that I've handed uh, leadership over to others. Uh, But 
it's not hard to do. And there's a whole army of people who are waiting. And if you start the meetup group, you have permission to speak on your topic anytime you want <laughs> because you're the one who runs the group. Uh, so part of the reason I, ha- I run the Austin Entrepreneurs Meetup Group is just to have an audience uh, to test new topics on. That's good. Uh, but you can also reach out to pre-existing meetup groups on your topic. Yeah, you know, if you have a nonfiction book on leadership, you know, you reach out to meetup groups about leadership. You have a nonfiction book about parenting, reach out to meetup groups about parenting. If you have a fiction book, uh, depending on the topic and the world of your fiction book, there's lots of t- uh, tie-ins that you can do. In fact, I will say, if you write fiction and you're like, what do I speak about? Go to the Novel Marketing Facebook group, post your book, um, topic, title, and we'll brainstorm with you. The other listeners will brainstorm with you. Uh, all I ask is that you brainstorm unto others as you would have them brainstorm unto you. <laughs> um, and, and then uh, finally, Toastmasters. You're guaranteed to get opportunities to speak at Toastmasters because that's what it's all about. And Toastmasters will really help you uh, be an impromptu speaker, like good on your feet. Uh, Toastmasters is really good at teaching that. One final thought on speaking for free, and that is some of you are listening and going, hey, I like these good ideas, but I'm, 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 I'm an experienced speaker. I've been getting paid for years. Why should I speak for free? You speak for free for a number of reasons. I had a free talk that I gave on Sunday, so a few days ago, and it was for a Valentine's Day dinner. And I was invited to speak by a friend, and I said, sure, no problem. I'll do it for free. And I was talking to Thomas about this before we started recording, and it's a wonderful feeling because there's no pressure, right? Always, if I'm getting paid, there is a certain amount of pressure that you better be- deliver. You better come true, come through. And in this case, I was like, oh, I'm so relaxed. Um, I'm just a little bit nervous because I get to test out new material that I had not spoken on before. But again, the pressure of being able to get up there and try new things that I probably wouldn't have tried. And I did try a few things that I probably wouldn't have tried if it was a paid talk gives you um, a way to spread your wings that you don't get if you're getting paid. So um, I encourage those of you who have been, who've been paid a lot um, and are used to getting paid a lot of money, go and take some free gigs. It'll, it'll free you up in a way that you didn't expect. I have a client who's a New York Times bestselling author, and she speaks to tens of thousands of people every year. I think sometimes 100,000 people plus every year. She she basically goes on tour every year with public speaking. And she makes a lot of money speaking. So you would think if there's anybody who doesn't speak for free, it's this lady. But believe it or not, at the beginning of every year or every like speaking year, she takes and develops a brand new talk that she takes on tour. And you know what she does with that talk? She delivers it for free. <laughs> she has a special church in her area that will host an event and it's just understood, hey, get you get to come and hear the rough version or the initial version of this talk. And she's able to practice her jokes and see if they land and tr- try out the wording and see how people's responses are so that then once she's on tour, she's doing a prepared version. It's almost like a dress rehearsal for what she's doing. And um, professional comedians do the same thing. They have comedy clubs that they'll go and they'll prepare and practice their jokes, right? You don't want to have your big million dollar event be the place where you test a new joke. That's <laughs> high risk. Uh, not the way to do it. Not the way that we recommend to do it. So embrace speaking for free. Yes. As you develop your career, you'll start charging more and more money. And as you get so busy speaking, you'll start to allow the demand to uh, allow you to say no or to say, hey, you know, if you want me to leave Austin, my local area, it's going to cost so much money. Uh, but at first, you'll definitely want to speak 
for free. So we're almost out of time, but Jim, I think we should give some quick tips, some final tips uh, on how to start getting your earliest gig. So we've already talked about impromptu speaking. Uh, what What's the next tip? Well, prep several talks that you have ready to go to pitch at conferences. And you might think, oh, I'm not ready to do that. I'm not ready to do that. But in your area of expertise, you might be more than ready. For example, I went to my first writing conference, uh, Mount Hermon writing conference in 2006. And I came back and I said, wow, you know, I was just, this was so cool. You know, maybe, maybe someday I could be speaking at one of these conferences. And my wife, Darcy says, Jim, you're ready to do it right now. Because you're an expert in marketing and branding, not in writing yet, but in marketing and branding, you're already there. Ooh, I never thought about that. So have talks ready to go in your area of expertise. Thomas, what's another thing you can do? So um, host a meetup yourself. And even if it's in your house, I still host events in my house to practice on people. Um, practice. Uh, we should have been saying this the whole time. Uh, but the key to good uh, public speaking is to practice. I uh, try to practice a new talk on my wife start to finish before I ever take it anywhere. Even if it's a free event, I, I try to uh, practice it on her. Before that, I practiced on my sister. Uh, practice is the way uh, to get better as a public speaker. Record yourself uh, and then finally get a critique partner. Find, so that um, writer's group that we want you to all start. I have a whole course on starting writer's groups. And those of you going through the five-year plan, you get that course for free. Otherwise, I think it's $25. It's a very cheap course. Start a writer's group. In your writer's group, find somebody to be your critique partner that you can practice your speeches on each other. That will be unbelievably helpful in helping become a better speaker and a more desired speaker as you as people uh, see you speak, the buzz will start to spread. And finally, I will say that's how I measure a talk. It's not if people come up to me and say, hey, good talk, or I enjoyed your talk. It's, hey, I enjoyed your talk. Oh, by the way, I have such and such group. Would you be interested in speaking to them? That's, that's how I know a talk has been successful. And I encourage you to measure your talks that way because good public speaking leads to more public speaking. Hmm. That's good, Thomas. All right. Our sponsor for today is the Tax and Business Guide for Authors. In this course, you will learn how to qualify for tax deductions for your writing-related expenses, and not all authors qualify. We'll talk about how and why authors qualify. And if you do qualify, you'll learn about 19 tax deductions authors can take advantage of. We'll also talk about how to start making a writing income even before your first book comes out. You'll also learn fundamentals, uh, business fundamentals, like uh, how and when to form an LLC, how to create a business plan, um, and how to reduce your chances of being audited by the IRS. So when you are ready to start taking this writing thing more seriously and become a professional writer where money is involved, this course is so valuable. And it's taught by an actual CPA, Tom Umstadt. Any relation? Not me. That's uh, <laughs> my dad. He has over 35 years of experience working with authors. He really knows what he's talking about. And this course costs less than talking to him for an hour. And you get four hours of his wisdom. Less than half an hour, probably. <laughs> so this really is a great investment. Tax time is right around the corner. And we encourage you to check that out. We will have a link in the show notes. And you can also find links at novelmarketing.com. And... Thomas, we are in the middle of our book launch blueprint course, and that's closed um, at this point. So if you didn't get in, sorry, um, we are going to do it again in the future at some point. But wow, uh, already we're only a few days into it. And I've been kind of surprised and really 
impressed by some of the material coming out of folks already. Yeah, we already had one person who had a huge aha moment on day one, which was really surprising. He's like, I've been working on this for two years, and I finally finally figured it out. And uh, what what's so fun for me is watching the energy. Like every this is now the second time we've done it. We have a whole new crop of students, obviously, and they they come in with so much uh, enthusiasm, not just to improve their own craft, but also to encourage and help each other. Uh, the comments on the Facebook group are so fun to watch. And I, really, I mean, really, like, I feel like that's in some ways the most valuable part. Like, I'd like to say that our teaching is the most valuable part of like teaching you how to launch a book, but all of that encouragement and accountability uh, is really fun uh, to see. So I know a lot of you are going through the book launch blueprint and, and we just say we're really enjoying going through it with you. And for those of you not going through it, 2020, as when we'll be doing it again some point. We don't know when, but sometime in 2020, we'll do the Book Launch Blueprint again. And if you want to become a patron of the Novel Marketing Podcast, uh, we will not discourage you to do that. Thomas, how does somebody become a patron and support what we're doing here? Novelmarketing.com. Click on the button that says become a patron. And it's also in the menu. So it's simple. It sounds really simple. And, and our patrons get a bonus episode. So every month there's a bonus episode only for the patrons. So every week we have a free episode and once a month we have a patrons-only episode. So if you want to get that patrons-only episode, it's $5 a month at novelmarketing.com. You've been listening to James L. Rubart and Thomas Umstead Jr. on the Novel Marketing Podcast, giving you innovative ideas on how to promote yourself and your writing offline, online, and everywhere in between. As always, thank you so much for listening.